0: and welcome to the Courtney Turner podcast. My guest today is Dr. Heather Gessling. You maybe remember her. She was a guest previously and we had been rescheduled months ago, but she was actually in trial to prevent a two-year-old from being forced to receive vaccine. I just can't even believe that that's something that we even need to fight for. Like that should be obviously a parent's choice. Um, But, you know, she is doing great things out there. And she is, she's a family medicine doctor. She's got the family of, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, uh, but the guestling Wellness Center. And did I say that correctly or no? Uh, it is the guestling Family Wellness Direct Primary Care Clinic. That is it. And uh, yeah, so we're going to hear more about what she's doing because she's got some new really exciting things on the horizon. So welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. So glad to be back. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Me too. I had so much fun talking to you last time. So so yeah, I guess let's start with that. Do you mind talking about what happened with the two-year-old? I, I, That was like
1: gut-wrenching to me that that's something that even needed to be done. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's been an interesting process. I was asked to testify at a trial um, around the Kansas City area for a family, for a mom who wants to prevent her two-year-old from getting... Um, all of the normal childhood injections. And the day of, I had prepared for weeks and the day of the trial, actually this system, the computer system for the courthouse shut down um, and we couldn't proceed that day. And then Uh, they, now they have us rescheduled uh, to February. So. Oh my, wow. Okay. So, and and this is for
0: just the normal traditional vaccine schedule.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know, over the last few years, it's been a it's been a you know the whole medical freedom movement with regard to vaccines in general has been a long, a um, lot longer than the whole COVID and the COVID vaccine thing. But there are a lot of um, there is a lot of evidence that is uh, that is available that shows that those children who are not injected with the normal childhood vaccines are quite a bit healthier than the ones that are and (laughs) and now there is um evidence um well actually um it has come to light that what we thought were safe and effective products really have a tremendous lack of safety data most people aren't aware of this so the trials that um are um, that have been done with regard to the normal childhood vaccines are mostly just proving efficacy. None of them on the schedule have um, been tested with a placebo-controlled randomized trial. Yeah. They they are not tested against a placebo. They have been tested against either other vaccines or they've been tested against a proprietary adjuvant formula. Meaning. They are tested basically against vaccines that have had their antigen removed, but still have all the other potentially harmful ingredients right. in them. And so there is nothing out there that shows a comparison between those kids that receive a, a, a vaccine and those that don't. And there is certainly no evidence that has um, been uh, or research that's been done that shows all of them combined Mm-hmm. Compared to those that have, haven't had any, so um, as far as our government and pharmaceutical, right. research. I was going to say that I, I, I would argue that the studies,
0: could they have been following the Amish, and uh, they, right. they don't release those studies, and uh, really. we, I think we can conjecture why.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So because it this- shows that they're a lot healthier. Yeah. It shows that they're a lot healthier. There have been several studies that have been done over the last six to seven years um, by independent physicians that have have compared the populations um, Mm -hmm. of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. It's easy to see the odds ratios are much higher in those that are vaccinated.
0: Yeah, the whole theory that it doesn't, that there's no correlation to autism, except when you look at these, uh, you know, like the Amish, for instance, you see almost no incidence none. of autism. Yeah, almost none. Not, Exactly. Yeah. So you, you have to start to wonder why. And also when people do metal testing, people have such high levels of metal um, and partly that's due to the water, but I think that that's just compound poisoning that they've done. But also when you look throughout history, before a lot of these vaccines came on the, the scene, there were no allergies, like the food allergies that oh, have yeah. Um, You know, my sister's anaphylactic to peanut, so I really paid attention to that one. And number ingredient number 57 in almost all of these vaccines is peanut. So nice. what do you think, just, just the audience listening, I mean, what do you expect if obviously we're designed to be able to ingest things and break things down through our you know, ingestion process and the metabolism. It goes through several stages and we're designed to do that. However, <laughs> what we're not designed to do is take food and have it intravenously injected into us. So obviously the body body's going to have some sort of like a trauma response when it goes directly into the bloodstream. Then what do you think happens when they're introduced to it, you know, by ingesting it for the first time? The body's going to be like, oh, we remember this. We have, we have to defend against it. And you have a an allergic reaction, you know, for lack of. Oh, you
1: bring up so many good points. So one of them is the fact that, yeah, it does have those food component, um, those antigens Mm -hmm. and it's going to be injected. And when it's injected, it's a completely different, um, there is not that immune, that uh, barrier in the gut that prevents it from becoming an immune, um, issue. Also those um, you know like aluminum, which I know that they have taken out mercury from most vaccines I mean, right
0: Well they thy but they still have like mercury variants or low levels like they've you know they, they've got it, it's kind of like organic they can get away with a certain percentage of inorganic as long as like 95 the variants are different state by state
1: but yeah or different you know products I mean, they have different regulations. It's so- it's still in, you know, like the multi-use flu vials and, and mm-hmm. that type of thing. It's still in use. And then aluminum is certainly still in use. And they try and use this argument. Well, you know, the amount of mercury or whatever. Well, this right. mercury is injected. It's not a, It's not an ingested aluminum. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not on the skin. I know that, you know, aluminum is in deodorant, which people should, or antiperspirant, which people should stop using as well. But, um, but this is an injected one and it's able to go through the blood brain barrier and the, the, um, logistics of the fact that it's ingest or injected is a huge problem. You know, all of the safety concerns just keep getting dismissed by those on the side of vaccines and they're legitimate concerns. They don't, they just don't want to hear them.
0: Yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hope that, that that goes well. I think that there, there does seem to be a lot more people who are waking up and who are fighting against it. What I find problematic is that they're now pushing for this requirement. A lot of parents uh, previously could get away with, uh, you know, not vaccinating their children if they pulled them out of school. But now they're, you know, doing all sorts of sneaky uh, le- legislation where they're putting even homeschools under the label of private schooling. And so private schooling, and therefore there's still accessibility to funding that is government funded. And once you have any government funding, they have purview and they can decide, well, you you need to meet these requirements. And the, a lot of them are under the guise of health and mental health. And of course, vaccines are included. So I yes, encourage yes, parents yes. not to take any money, no matter how difficult that may be. But that's that's one that's of the ways I'm they can hold strength. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's just what I was about to say is, you know, they want to have, you know, this uh sort of um tax money given to them if they don't use the public school and be able to go with give it to each child. That's a huge problem because then it gives the government control, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really kind of scary. Um, and I know like the whole school choice thing, it seems really enticing and the words they use are always very right. appealing. Uh, but when you read the fine line, you know, if they if they have if they can pull any purse any strings, then usually those are the purse strings and they have control. So yeah. So yeah. So okay. So that that's gonna be in February. So since since we last spoke, you you've started several new projects, right? To, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I opened up a another location for my direct primary care clinic in Missouri, Guestling Family Wellness, and um thriving. We have we do have a wait list, but I do try and get, you know, through those that wait list several times a year, try and really work hard mm-hmm. to be able to get all those patients seen because the need is so great. Um patients just don't have access to a, a physician that is um has the, has the mentality of trying to reverse disease instead of just trying to treat disease with pharmaceuticals. It's just, it's difficult to find a physician like that. So I, I do feel a responsibility to try and get as many patients taken care of as possible. It's, it's the, it's the talent and the skill that the Lord's given me. And I really want to, um, to serve, to serve my, um, my community. And, um, and then also I'm working on a really big project that's going to launch at the beginning of the year, um a detox type project um and if you are interested in being aware when that launches you yeah. can go to true truewholehuman.com and sign up for the newsletter and you'll be informed when we lo- launch our new project we'll have an app and we'll also have Ooh. um free educational information about detoxing from from the um from the from the you know what the yes. all the recent all the recent poisons
0: Yes, all the recent poisons, and those are just ramping up higher and higher. Um, I recently read, uh, and of course, I was, you know, demonized and, you know, just castrated when I when I brought this up three years ago. You know, they, they I was just laughed at and mercilessly mocked. But the they did release that the it, Thomas Renz's, uh broke the story that the DARPA was uh, involved before COVID was I af- was brought you know to the media. Um, the, that the DARPA was involved in uh, aerosolized vaccines. So COVID vaccines. And uh, so they're really, I mean, we, we, that's just one example, but they have, you know, they're doing tons of Uh, poisoning through our air, through our water. And of course, they're, they're going to continue trying to push these uh, injections. And I don't think it's just the COVID injections, you know, they're talking about because they, they see that the cancer rates are rising. And so they're like, well, you can get your cancer shot. And it seemed to have a solution for all the problems they've created.
1: (laughs) That's what they that's what they're doing. I was was talking um, recently with some peers. um, And I have noticed an incredible amount of B12 deficiency in patients that are not only vaccinated, but now also vaccinated. I I see it all the time, like probably 80 to 85 percent of the population. And this was not the way things were. A few years ago, I would check P12 and most everybody would be within normal range. So whatever they're doing now, they're probably going to come out with some, you know, antidote. Oh, everybody's, you know, whatever disease they're trying to give us, they're going to come out with some other way to try and fix us. But we just have to be healthy. We have to be, you know, we have to work hard at detoxing ourselves, getting good nutrition, not exposing ourselves. It's so important. So
0: important. That's really interesting about the B12. Um, So you were talking about, like, you know, how it's really hard to find a doctor who is uh, not just pushing a pill for an ill and really looking at root cause medicine. And and particularly, it's very hard to find somebody who actually has a traditional uh, medical background and still wants to look at a holistic approach. That is very very difficult. Um, You know, not to undermine any of the uh, alternative practitioners. I think there are a lot of wonderful ones out there. But there are times where There are things, you know, you would like to, you'd like to have the best of all worlds. You'd like to have some of the, because I think modern uh, Western medicine has done some tremendous things to advance humanity and advance the longevity and wellness of humanity, Uh, but so have some of the Eastern ancient practices like Chinese medicine, for instance. And so if we could combine these modalities, you would think that as humans, we would want to take the best of all and uh, not just uh, push one and reject the other. So I have found that, but I also have experienced that I, for a while, they were telling me I had pernicious anemia. And so they started telling me I needed to get vitamin B12 uh, shots because, you know, just taking the supplement didn't seem to work. But then when I did, I was getting like a huge spike, not until I started taking the methylated version, but yeah. then I would get a huge surge, like, you know, it would be so high. And I, I don't know, I'm going to have to retest because it could just be that it was too soon after I did it, but um, but it makes me, my uh, tinfoil hat goes a little you know, starts like shining because I'm like, well, what are they going to put in that? Because they're so trendy now. You can get, now they put all sorts of other things in there. You know, it's like they'll put like hydration, electrolytes and, but who knows what fillers are in that? Who knows? And I'm sure that the people who are administering this, whether it be at your, you know, spa nurses, doctors who are doing that, I don't think they have any malintention, but I don't know what you know, I don't even know that the manufacturers necessarily know because they get a lot of the products. A lot of it's already pre-synthesized for them. So,
1: you know, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, I think we have a right to be completely um, qu- questioning of all yeah. things now. And and one of the problems that got us into this situation with so much death and destruction is that people weren't questioning. We mm-hmm. just have to question everything. You know, I had a patient that had messaged me earlier. She's even afraid to go to the dentist now because she's afraid of what's getting injected in the anesthetic. And, and I don't even know, I, I don't have a great, you know, I don't have a great answer because I I don't know every single thing, every single ingredient that is in those injections, you know, what, what, what purity is there or if they're slipping, you know, harmful ingredients in on us, it's, right. it's not a great state. It's not a great situation. Um, but with regard to the B12, yeah. So, So B12 requires intrinsic factor. And when you have pernicious anemia, you get sort of this autoimmune um, issue where that intrinsic factor is attacked and and you don't don't have the use of that intrinsic factor. And so I think my hypothesis is, and I was talking to a couple of physicians at the um, big summit we had down in Ocala a couple of weeks ago, I was talking, including Dr. Cole, you know, we have to figure out what is going on with this B12 thing because it's so common now. I had a patient, um, I think it has to do with the vaccines, but it's happening even in the unvaccinated. I had a patient who who had an undetectable B12 and just a a year or so prior, his B12 was normal and, and he's vaccinated. So I think that there's definitely something going on.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Do you think, so you were saying in the case of pernicious anemia, it's uh, related to the intrinsic factor. Do you think that there's something in the vaccine that could be affecting intrinsic
1: factor? Do you well, you think- know, what, we, what we've seen with the vaccines is that there's a lot of increase in autoimmune conditions in yeah. the vaccine. I mean, they're inflamed and they're, and they're developing autoimmune conditions that I haven't seen um, very commonly. I'm now seeing much more commonly. I'm seeing hyperthyroidism quite a bit more. I'm definitely picking up a heck of a lot of hypothyroidism, which was the most, you know, is, and was the most common form of of thyroid disorder, Hashimoto's disease. Um, But I've, within the past um, two years, I've had um, probably, I would say quadruple the number of normal cases of hyper, hyperthyroidism, um, and so that's an autoimmune condition as well. Yeah. It's just an increase in autoimmune disease.
0: How interesting. Do you think some of it has to do with uh, like absorption factors? And could that be caused by like I, I'm just thinking because there are so many, you know, toxins in general, not just, I mean, ob- obviously with the injection, there's, you know, tox- toxicity, which is why you're working on a detox plan. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's not just from that. There's also, you know, the shedding from those, there's the the water, the air, our food is barely food anymore. Um, so I think there's, and then just our environment. I mean, I think the amount of stress and the fear porn, uh, contributes, you know, all of that uh, contributes to hormonal disruption, which can, you know, block uh, cofactors and enzyme uh, stimulation, which would be blocking the absorption of things. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just this really me just spitballing, just trying to make. Yeah, well, I,
1: I think the spitballing is accurate. So I think that there is such an uh, incredible insult to the human um, population right now, such an assault yeah. against us with all of the toxins and poisons that are being thrown at us. You're exactly right. Food is hardly food anymore. It's poisonous, it's inflammatory. Every single food in, in the grocery store seems to be filled with all of the um, toxic seed oils, soybean, corn, canola, safflower, sunflower, or high fructose corn syrup, which is killing our liver. So I think that the, the food issue has become you know, horrible and real whole food is more expensive for people. It's not as easy. It takes more effort, and people just don't understand that just because it's a food product on the shelf does that it doesn't make it okay for you. You know, people just seem to think, well, if it's, it's if it's being sold, if it's on the shelf, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to hurt me. It's not true. It is. It is mm-hmm. going to hurt you. Um, and then you're right. Every single you know, we're assaulted from all angles. I mean, we have. I don't, I I think the majority of tap water in this country, municipal um, water, is completely toxic and poisonous. And most people don't know this. You know, I talk to my Mm. patients about the fact that if they're drinking tap water, they're essentially just drinking chemicals and poisons. And they don't know that. They think, well, if it's coming out of my tap, it's been tested and it's fine. It's not true either. You got to get your water purified. (laughs) You you got to decrease the toxic burden. So isolating and understanding exactly what's causing all of the, the death and destruction and illness, it doesn't necessarily have to just be from the injections over the past, you know, two or three years, it is now it can be from all of these other insults. And when you add that burden, and you're adding that toxic load, your yeah. body, just it, it can't handle it anymore. It does its best to keep up, but it can't keep up.
0: Right, right. What I, I feel like people get very overwhelmed with the thought of, like, where do they begin with trying to take steps towards some sort of ownership of health? Because, I mean, you can't detox from everything. And a lot of people don't even know what to detox from, you know? <laughs>
1: so. Yeah. So we're going to work. We're actually working on that with our project that's coming out, giving you a step-by-step um, uh, easy Tutorials that you can learn how to really heal your body. Um, it's so it's so crucial to open up all your pathways of detoxification. It's so crucial to not be adding more toxins to um, to the um, to the to the body. Right. So yeah. So if you, that's the website. So if you go um, and sign up for the for the um, newsletter, you can okay. hear when that project has launched.
0: Great. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really great because it is, it does seem like we're just bombarded and it feels like I was saying before, I feel like they're just going to continue to ramp it up. So it's Mm -hmm. like once you feel like you've gotten a handle on something and I feel like people are just starting to learn a lot because requires such a paradigm shift, you know? So a lot of people are just starting to feel like they're, you know, getting some sense of how things actually work how the body actually works and then just when they do that it's like then they find out something else and you know that can be really disheartening <laughs> you're right
1: so you know there is really an awakening mm-hmm. about about patients wanting you know it sounds cliche but that's what's happening i think that right. the the good thing of course that has come out of the last few years is everybody has started to question everything and so everybody yeah. wants to figure out what truth is. And then they start realizing what truth is regarding medicine and healing your own body. And, you know, I saw a post on social media the other day, and I I just couldn't, I couldn't disagree with this person. They're not a, they're not a um, a medical professional. They're not, they're not any type of um, trained medical professional, but they truly do not trust um, going into a position anymore because they know that they probably know more about a lot of topics than, than the yeah. physician that they're going in to see. And I can't disagree with that because the, the amount of, um, lack of, or the blindness and the lack of regard for truth in the medical community is astounding. And mm-hmm. patients have lack of trust and it's, it's well-founded.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i seeing so much of that. I, and I particularly experienced that, you know, so, you know, my story and I, for me, it was just 2020 was such a paradigm shift because I spent most of my life really being very dependent on traditional uh, doctors and medicine and putting my life literally in their hands. And mm-hmm. so then, of course, when 2020 happened and, you know, things that were just basic common sense to me that they were fighting me on it really, it was very jarring. It was, uh, you know, very kind of, uh, really just devastating, honestly. And it was also just terrifying because now, you know, the very people that I had spent so much that I had entrusted with my life for so long, I now had to question and I now felt like I wasn't sure that I could trust any of them. And so where do you go from there? And I know when I moved. Um, you know, I moved from California to Tennessee, it was really hard. And I'm still trying to find doctors. It's, you know, it's a really hard thing because I, I find that there's, you can find people in the alternative space and some of them are wonderful, but you know, there, there are things that they can't, it's, it's yeah. limited. It's great for somebody who's healthy and looking for preventative. And yeah. I even think in some cases of disease, they can get to the root cause and they can do some great things. Um, but you know, there, there are some times where, you know, I, I'm going to need something else. And I, where do I go? Like, I don't want to end up in a hospital. Like if I have an emergency, like I'm terrified to be in a hospital. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that a hospital was ever like a great place to be, but I, but this is from somebody who's been most of her childhood in and out of hospitals. Right. So, you know, and now I'm like, even if I like, you know, break my leg and I'm gushing, like the last place I ever want to be is in a hospital. I want to know that there is a surgeon that I know and who I can trust and who isn't going to, you know, give me some sort of injection in the middle of it. I
1: know that sounds so paranoid. Well, this but, is where we're at right now. I mean, this is where, where we're at. at. And, you know, it is sad because the hospital is required for some conditions, but people are so scared to go into it because they know the attitudes of the health professionals that are in there. Yeah. I, I advise, you know, the physicians, my my peers, you know, I every chance I get, to stay humble and to understand that the patient may know more about a subject than they do. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I advise that they have to um, not have this paternalistic attitude towards Mm -hmm. the patient Um, and the patient knows more about their body than the physician does. And also another problem has happened is that whenever patients push back, they get treated differently. And this and they're they're fully aware of what happens in the healthcare system if they're not completely compliant. Right. And that is a problem. Patients yeah. have their own autonomy of their own body. They get to say yes and they get to say no. They get to decide what is best for them. And just because they're not agreeing with every single thing that a healthcare professional suggests for them doesn't mean they get to be t- treated disrespectfully. And this is what's happening. So this is why we're in the situation as well. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the other thing I was going to say about like the alternative space, because I think people are
0: doing wonderful things there. And I think that a lot is moving into that, the alternative medicine space. Um, But unfortunately, a lot have adopted a very similar model of a pill for nil, And I personally experienced this with some, um, Mm -hmm. that now it's nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals, and they definitely have their place. But I don't want to just take the a model of a pill for an ill and have like a list of symptoms and here's the, the, you know, the, the, what, even if it's a nutraceutical, even if it's a, you know, That's a right. vitamin or a mineral, I don't want to be looking at symptoms and finding a match for it. There should be, and and I'm not against supplements. I think supplements can be right. wonderful. And especially yeah. as we discussed the, you know, the state of the, the food and the air and the water, sometimes I think we might need them. A lot of us really do, but mm-hmm. there should be kind of a more holistic approach and there should be a more strategic where it's not just this is, like this is what i'm doing
1: this is yeah. exactly what i'm working on this is exactly what i am doing you know what the problem is with a lot of the detox guides is we use this um um diagram in our um, webinar in our education that we're going to be putting out is mm-hmm. that most detox guides have the majority of the treatment is through a plethora of supplements Yes. And our, our plan is to heal the body and we'll use supplements if needed, but we would right. rather rely on all of the other basic foundational mechanisms of healing than that.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the other problem is that sometimes if you, you go in for, especially with detox, cause it's very trendy right now to, you know, do parasite cleanses. That's, you know, like a really big one, but yes. I, I personally am pretty sure, you know, that it was a Herxheimer response that I had. Um, and it was awful. Oh, yeah. I do not recommend it for anybody. It was really awful. Um, yeah. You know, I again, I can't, like, guarantee that that's what it was. But just given the the supplements that I was on at the time, um, a lot of them were power killers. And uh, just combined with, you know, it was a very stressful time. So I just think the combination Um, was not great for me, but the reaction that I had was pretty extreme. So I think that when you talk about like detox pathways, it's very important. I mean, we need those to be optimized regardless. But the thing I think people often don't think about with parasites is that we all, I mean, if you're living, breathing, you probably have a parasite. Um, But I think you know people don't realize they're feeding off of toxins and they themselves, when you kill them, release toxins. So now you have these dead beings that are releasing off-gassing toxins, and you already, you know, have a toxic burden, which is probably what they're feeding off of to begin with. So now you've killed them. They're releasing toxins. You still have all the toxins that they were feeding off of. And uh, yeah, that does not sound like a recipe for health. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You have so, no pathways,
0: So you can't cl- clean them out so easily yourself, but yeah. Go on.
1: There is complexity. There's yeah. definite complexity to, you know, that type of Um, cleansing or parasite cleansing, it's not, it is not uh, well delineated across the board. This is how you do it. This is the, you know, the intensity level. It's, it's just not quite figured out, but I think it's a true problem. I mean, people, when I was in medical school, we were taught, nobody has parasites unless you come from another country. Nobody's got parasites. That's not true either. Just one more thing that we were told that is a complete lie. I think we're exposed to parasites in our fruits or vegetables or waters. We are exposed. And, um, and, you know, decades ago parasite detoxing was just a normal sort of routine in families. They would take medication that would help them clean, um, clean out any parasites that may have occurred over the last, you know, six months or a year. This is what they did we've gotten away from, you know, cleansing ourselves of that. And I'm not saying that everybody has parasites, but I think a lot more people do than what we were taught in our medical um, curriculum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I know that a lot of, there are a lot of traditions where that's part of their tradition. They do it every, like, it's a routine thing, whether it be once every year or once every six months, I know some do, you know, once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or, or or with the lunar cycle, I've heard that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's really interesting that they told you that it doesn't happen. I'm, I'm pretty convinced (laughs) that most of us have it, but especially these days, there was actually, I, I was doing a dive on like Rockefeller medicine and, uh, you know, like one of the things that trained them how to use, uh, like propaganda in, uh, you know, health (laughs) was, um, was the uh, eradication of hookworm disease. And Mm -hmm. they they had a whole uh, board that was uh, designed, attributed to this, you know, cause. And it was through that success that they created a lot of their, um, you know, like internationalist federally federations that became part of like the World Health Organization. So what did they
1: do? They just said it was eradicated or put out propaganda that it was eradicated? They
0: did put a a bunch of, well, they, some of the messaging was interesting. I'd have to find the notes exactly. But some of it was like, uh, you know, with the, to wear, uh, to wear shoes, um, I think
1: So they, you couldn't ground anymore? <laughs>
0: exactly. I know. And I, I mean, you know, of course, we don't want to go around stepping on glass and nails in the street. But yeah, you, the grounding. Exactly. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, what was it? It was it, the advisors were, I believe it was uh, Frederick Gates, Charles Wardell Styles and Whitecliff Rose. And uh, they perceived that hookworm explained the backwardness of the southern states and why they weren't industrializing fast enough. Um, So the Rockefeller organized this uh, Rockefeller Sanitary Commission for the eradication of hookworm disease. They focused on how public health would eliminate disease through antithelmetic drugs, which are essentially anti-parasites, right? Uh Promoting the wearing of shoes, latrines, uh, just like public toilets, and um, but then this one I just thought was so funny, public health propaganda and the success of that led to creating the international health board and the international health division, which was later part of like the, the world health po-
1: organization. So, yeah, <laughs> so, it's, it doesn't even surprise me anymore. It's like everything had an agenda and still has an agenda. And the agenda yep. is really for us to not be healthy when we're not healthy, yep. we're controlled when we're not healthy, we're not productive. And, they, and <laughs> the whole lie about the South not being as productive, they're probably healthier. If they're running around barefoot and getting good food, right. sunlight, they're probably smarter, healthier, more productive. It was probably a big lie.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely, I think I could see that even now because they kept... You know, that that was uh, the lie they, they spouse even now, you know, that they were so backwards. They're just a bunch of rednecks. Remember, uh, that's why mm-hmm. they voted for Trump because they were just a bunch of uh, dumb rednecks. And, right. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I now live in the South, and I can tell you a lot there. So, and so many of them who don't even have formal education are way more erudite than, you know, a lot of my. Uh, you know, New England friends who have gone to some of the top Ivy schools. So, um, <laughs> and that's not to say that's always the case, but but I can tell you, I definitely
1: know quite a few of those yeah. those cases now. So, not yeah. surprised. I mean, you know, it's the educated that are you know making it <laughs> more likely following mainstream medicine yeah. at this point. So yeah. So
0: what are you finding? So now that you've gone uh, on your own in this clinic, what are you finding in terms of uh, like both in terms of what types of things are presenting in patients, um, what types of just conversations are are very important to people right now? And what are you finding people struggling with most?
1: Well, so I do see a lot of vaccine injured and there is a heck of a lot of vaccine regret out there. Oh, mm-hmm. It hurts my heart. Like I feel like I can cry right now. It hurts my heart to think about, you know, that they were They were, um, they were deceived and they trusted and part of their healing process is recognizing that they, they didn't make a good choice and they, they sort of want freedom from that. They want to be able to, to cathartically say, I shouldn't have done that. And then I say, you, you probably, you probably um, shouldn't have, you know, that's right and and then when they when they feel like they go oh, they can kind of like admit that and we can move on and we can heal part of their healing process is acknowledging what probably went wrong and what is causing their what caused their injury and we can move forward and the um and the the tragedy is that i can't heal everyone <laughs> I, I, you know, some of these um, injuries are are um, are pretty severe, and do our best, do my best with the tools I have and the knowledge I have to be able to heal patients. But I can't, I can't take, I can't fix everyone. We we do improve most, though.
0: That's well. That's great that you are able to make any progress at all. That's a really interesting concept that you bring up, though, in terms of it, because it really is. It's about redemption, like being able yes. to acknowledge that you you made a mistake and that you can still be healed to, to even have the notion that you could be healed because you really can't do that without letting go of the shame, the guilt. That's um, it.
1: That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And you know what part of that is a stress inside of them. And they yeah. want they want to be able to move forward from it. And, it, you know, I've seen such, I have seen that redemption in my clinic and a lot of it is a, is a spiritual process, you know, okay. and they, yeah. uh, they want to be able to, um, trust that they're going to be able to be healed and they want to be able to be positive, you know, so much of our healing, um, I can't remember the name of the book that I read just recently talking about the power of the mind for, for healing. Yeah. Um. We have placed so much emphasis on genetics when yeah. really it's the epigenetics and also the, the power of the mind to be able to produce chemicals and molecules that are going to turn those genes off and on. The nucleus is in the middle. It has the first part of the cell is the are the receptors the outside of the cell that are going to turn off and on. You know the 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 genetic um, components that are involved in the of the um, DNA and the nucleus, and so if we can affect the outside of the cell, if we can yeah. prevent toxins, and if we can get good nutrients, and we can you know have the environment of the body and the cell be bathed in good healthy things, including our mind and our thoughts, it's going to produce such healing.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true, and I think we're. I, I think people are really waking up to that more and more. There, there's a great book. I, I bring it up all the time, but The Body Keeps the Score. And yeah, so I've read that too. Yeah. Right? I, I solved mm-hmm. through it. I mean, it was like really God. I bet you
1: did. I bet you did. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like literal, like, full on sobbing. Um, yeah. But yeah, but a lot of what he goes through is experience with post-traumatic stress and mm-hmm. just trauma and how the body stores trauma. And, you know, I, I think we, I think it's like the, one of the very obvious ways people can connect to that is through fascia. Um, but obviously that, you know, that has a greater impact than I think we often recognize because, you know, it manifests itself in literally disease, dis-ease, yeah. you know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Body, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Van der Kolk.
1: Mm-hmm. A great
0: book. So, but I know there are, are you familiar with German New Medicine?
1: German New Medicine?
0: No. Uh, it's, it's very much uh, centered around this premise of like that. And I don't fully subscribe to it, just full disclosure. I th- I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of value in it. And I, I, I'm kind of more of a, a integrative. Uh, thinker in that regard, like, I don't think there's just one modality for each thing, but it, it takes the idea that all disease is rooted in some sort of a, a conflict or trauma, and that that oh. manifests itself physically. And I think that there is, you know, some, some truth in
1: that. Yeah, I definitely. there, there absolutely is. Yeah. I, I, I just looked up the book that I just finished reading a month oh. ago. so ago, it was The Biology of Belief. Um and it it basically, you know, it is talking about how much of you know our mind affects that, but trauma and uh, unidentified trauma and our own life experiences do have such a significant impact on our health?
0: Yeah, I I mean I'm so fascinated by that. I mean just in general in in terms of that, but I'm also like very kind of personally selfishly, just like, you know because I, I feel like some whatever happened to me was some sort of, you know, trauma during in utero. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that kind of thing is very interesting to me to I don't know that we'll fully we'll fully uncover all of it. I think it's a, because right now, in order to get to the root of what is really happening, uh, you know, biologic in what we call biological science. Yeah. OK, this is it. I'm going to. Oh, mm-hmm. it's Bruce Lipton. I'll definitely yeah. have to look this one up. Yeah. Okay. That sounds fascinating. But yeah. I think because now it's like, it's not just learning people have to unlearn. And I, in a lot of ways, that's so much more complicated and it's so much more difficult
1: because just like, sorry, go on. Yeah. That is so true. Unlearning. I mean, we have been so propagandized in every aspect of society, essentially, yeah. you know, even if I have a conversation with a patient and I'm telling them how bad a search in medicine is and we need to be able to get them off of it. And, you know, one yeah. of them in particular that we talk about all the time is statins. Even yeah. when I give them all the evidence, you yeah. know, they're so controlled by the by the um uh, brainwashing of the physicians that they've seen in the past that cholesterol is bad and you're gonna die, you're gonna have a heart attack if you don't take this medicine. They right. still, they still have trouble letting go, even yeah. when you present the evidence to them. They still, it's like they want to hold on to that medicine, you know. Um, and yeah. and it's it's because of propaganda, and we've been we've been told lies in just about every aspect of society. You know, one of the things that I feel. I feel um, passionately about um, some experiences that I've had over the last few months and, and really the last few years is um, churches have been, haven't been a bastion of truth. They have been essentially equivalent to the world. They did not stand up to lockdowns. They did not stand up for, most of them did not stand up and try and figure out what was the truth about the vaccine. And protect their flock. They just let it happen. It was like a god of political correctness and in the and the god of pharmacopoeia and god of fear. It's like it ruled over what yeah. should have been where truth was found, but it yeah. didn't happen in the majority of cases. And so then you start thinking, well, <laughs> where where is truth? And I think that we we as a society we have to. And as, and as Christians, I'm a Christian, we have to not rely on everybody above us. I think yes. this is one of the biggest problems is that yeah. when you rely on the trickle down of information or, or acceptance of the government or acceptance of authority to always have your best interest at heart or to yes. always do right by you. Yep. then you're going to get hurt. And this is what has happened is people didn't stand up for their own autonomy and yes. you know, their own selves and say, no, I do not want to do that. You know, if, if we as, as Christians and as in churches, if we had, if we had stood up and said, we will protect each other, we will stand up for truth. We are not afraid to be politically correct. We will stand up for our brothers and sisters. We will stand up for our humanity and God's creation and and talk truth and not be afraid to talk truth. I think we could have had a completely different outcome.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. And when you say how the the churches should be the bastion for truth, they also should be the bastion for I uh, do not fear. Right. I, right. Like, right. Yeah. 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 I, that that was what was so baffling to me is that you know churches were requiring masks or they were shut down completely.
1: Yeah. Um, exactly. Like, well,
0: this makes no sense at all. Um, if you actually believe in the book that you seem to be
1: preaching, then why mm-hmm. on earth would you, this is just, just like a complete hypocrisy. It was um, a complete hypocrisy. And really it was a bowing down, like I said, to this political correctness and bowing down to evil governmental authority. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, um, the evil cabal, yes. their goal is to dehumanize us. And so yes. what happened is we were dehumanized. Wearing masks, isolation, sitting apart from each other, not fellowshipping, being careful. Yeah, sheep and wolf, exactly. So uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing is exactly right. And so what happened was not only did they dehumanize us with all of those tactics, Mm -hmm. they also then sent this horrible genetic injection. That has terrible contamination with DNA and with the mRNA process. And it affects our DNA. This is what the cabal wanted. They have, they have absolutely succeeded in doing that in a majority of the population. The church should have been the church should have been the place where people learned truth. And in fact, I've had my own personal experience over the last uh, six to eight weeks. We've had such a devastating travesty of an event in our life. My son was a a youth pastor at a church in my community, and he was, he stood up for truth and him, my pastor and um, my son and I had a meeting and I wanted to share with him a lot of these things that you and I are talking about. Um, And there was a lot of resistance, and and I don't know that he quite understood our heart. Um, and I offered to do an educational event at our church, and he told me that God told him no, I wasn't allowed to. Yeah, and then wow. on top of that, then several weeks later, my son was brought in and forced to resign as youth pastor, and the devastation. What grounds for what did they say? Yeah, they did. They said it was a conflict with the pastor. They said it was a personality conflict with the pastor and that his performance was totally fine. And it was a personality conflict with the pastor. Um, They gave him five minutes to sign a piece of paper that they um, drafted for him to sign. It was incredible. Such amazing disrespect. And so and so then, you know, we had that information given to us that it was a personality conflict with the pastor. And then about a week later, um, my son chose to go to that church a week later and sit on the front row because he knew he did nothing wrong. And he really wasn't given all of the information. And one of the lay members of the church was going around to individual members of the church saying that my son was terminated because he planned on giving a vaccine about a sermon about vaccines, which was absolutely not even what he planned on doing. But apparently, my view. And this fact that my son agreed with me had some sort of play into what happened. We still don't even know. I had multiple attempts at trying to um, ask for a mediator or ask for a meeting. And every single piece of communication was completely ignored by this church. Incredible.
0: That is astounding. It's really tragic. When you think about with the vaccines, it doesn't even make sense to me that a church I mean, it does, because I understand the institutional capture. And uh, after this, maybe we'll go back to that uh, FEMA slide. But um, I do understand the institutional capture. But uh, if you really think about what a church is supposed to be and what they're supposed to be preaching, then you would never suggest that you take this, like, synthetic creation and inject it into your bloodstream, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you would definitely not scare people into doing it. You would not... Let them have any fear. I mean, if people make a choice that, you know, they've weighed out all the information off that they could have because we didn't have informed consent at all. But even That's if right. they could have, uh, you know, you would let people make their informed decisions and then they have free will. They can make your, their choice. You don't do it by pushing fear. I mean, this is just antithetical for every, to everything for which Christianity is supposed
1: to stand. So You know, and so many churches absolutely did that. They even separated the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Um, in churches. And they, and they pushed that, they, there was that pressure within the church. And I don't think that that pressure existed within our church, but I think that Uh the fact that there was a fear to talk about the truth of that, of that terrible, devastating technology is a huge problem. It's, it's just, it's so big.
0: So for those who are uh, not necessarily watching, uh, but listening, there's a picture of uh, uh, this looks like they're in a church and this woman is wearing a mask and they've got security injecting her. Like, yeah,
1: that's crazy. You know, the fact that churches were used for sites of injection is such an abomination. It's such a travesty.
0: It's just, yeah, so I, when I was saying the institutional capture, I think it's a real, real problem. So when you talk about the cabal, you had mentioned that that was your term for them, I call them the parasite class. Um, yes. Because <laughs> they they feed off of us you know uh, they, they want to recreate a neo-feudal system I think they want to do it using a techno-fascist kind of highborg mind that they program and have a siloed in a metaverse um you know a post transhuman leading to post-human world but they for you know they do very much live off of us they feed off of us in every way possible I think you know spiritually physically That's uh, our labor our Um, Really just they steal from us and it's they have captured every single institution imaginable. And, you know, one of their primary uh, initiatives was to go through uh, the church. It's so uh, there's this I don't know if you know, um, it was I'm thinking it was Kurt Lewin. No, it was John Rawlings-Breece who talked about how they had to be he wanted them the, the psychologists and the social scientists to be fifth columnists and that the easiest of the institutions to infiltrate would be uh, education and the church um but which yeah. I, do
1: I mean that's the, what we have seen isn't it i mean that's where that's what we that's played out and it's evident and the fact that another problem oh because of the events that i've been through in my life over the last few months uh really researching um how this happens in a church, how this institutional mm-hmm. capture, this really abusive power can happen. You know, something yeah. so sort atrocious of to my son um, who I want to, I want to say is an amazing, amazing um, servant of Christ. If somebody wants to go and see um, what an amazing teacher my son is, you can go to the Midway Locust Grove YouTube channel. Okay. March, March 26th, the live the live um, uh, uh, service, you can okay. see how amazing he is. But what I was going to say is that this, the fact is, the church is, is a breeding ground for naive and weaker people that can yeah. be more easily controlled. And yeah. that is unfortunate, but true. And so yeah. whenever that is the case, that's where the wolves come in and yeah. they know where to go to be able to take, take liberties and be abusive to people. And it's, it's just terrible. It's terrible. Um, you know, there were sev- uh, obviously several other uh,
0: institutions, but you know, they definitely went went through uh, the churches. And I think the other thing they're trying to do is tear down the principles because This way they can push towards a unification. This is the ecumenical goals, right? Because if you, if it's a blurred and it's not really a very structured kind of a belief system, you know, right now, like you have uh, all of these different types of, you know, different sects, different denominations, right? And they they all subscribe to a very specific uh, belief system and uh, practices and if you if you kind of blur those it makes it easier to push for a centralized uh, world um essentially they want a one more religion but yeah and i i don't think that they're vying for it to be christian per se um but i think that's one of the ways to do it because it's a kind of dialectical if they can you know consolidate all of the christians then they can just uh, create another and pit it against each other and you know then one will be subsumed into the other.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I have noticed is um, the fact that eschatology, do you know what that is? It's sort of like, yeah. the, it's the um, belief about the end times. I yes. have noticed lately what a divide has happened um, mm-hmm. between all of the different eschatological views and how that weakens the the group of people. Like, People are mm-hmm. like, I've got this perfect, or I've got this perfect, you know, and they almost get hateful about yeah. their views, and sure. and and this actually plays out into bigger geopolitical events, like yep. in Palestine. It actually affects geopolitical moves, and yep. you know, if the if the majority of evangelicals are on one side, boy, is that power, right? Right. It's, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. You know, and I always say that for people who are are not necessarily believers, you know, that that they don't necessarily believe in the Bible, to understand that there are people who also don't believe in the Bible and
1: use it as a blueprint to try and push their goals forth. <laughs> That's, that is exactly right. You know, and it's also misinterpretation of prophecy that they can utilize to to push their goals forward. It's it is evident in my mind what is happening with you know the the world theater right now but a lot of people aren't seeing it too clearly they just they're almost like controlled um, yeah. and the, and the bible is the source misinterpretation of the bible is the source
0: sure of yeah well and very few people read original texts anymore you know somebody uh brought this up i think i was looking at twitter yesterday and they were talking about you know mystification how Uh, this goes through, uh, it's been a whole conversation, but, um, and, you know, a lot of what happens is that people will read secondary sources. And oftentimes those sources are the mystified variations of the original source. But just in general, people often don't go to original texts and then they take secondary, tertiary, so forth and so on. And they take Mm -hmm. that as being fact. And, You know, I I remember this was back in 2020. I was in a huge, like, way too long debate, philosophical debate with someone who purports to be a philosopher. That's like one of his, you know, taglines that he's a philosopher. And Uh so in this debate, um, because it went on for way too long, I actually brought over a bunch of books to, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to just, uh, you know, make my claim. I'm going to show you quotes that substantiate my argument. and. His response was, oh, Courtney, I can't read original philosophical texts. <laughs> and I said, so you're having a philosophical debate with me, but you've mm-hmm. never read the original source? I, I think we were discussing Nietzsche, but I either way, like I was like, what, whatever it was, I, I don't really remember the time because it, it became absurd. So I'm kind yeah. of, you know, uh, but I remember that conversation and it really resurfaced recently because i realized this is what's happening when you you bring up like israel palestine so much of the argument around that people are citing the talmud and i'm like so this is not to you know disparage any jews who may read the talmud or you know that that, that's not my point my point is that is a secondary source that is a source the equivalent of it would be really like a bunch of people read uh some sort of a text and then went on Twitter and had a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
1: essentially what it is. They're people I mean, they're, using that as that the source. It, yes. Yeah.
0: And yeah. I'm like, I mean, that's kind of absurd. That's absurd. And yeah. they're using that as the argument against Jews. And I'm like,
1: do, do you understand what you're doing? Like, it's actually ludicrous. It's preposterous. Yeah. 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 Well, and also, you know, something that I don't know what everybody's political beliefs or biblical beliefs are. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest problems that I've seen lately is the is the sort of opposite of anti-Semitism. It's more like a favoritism towards Jews because of the Zionistic philosophy. And so in my opinion, I think that. We should, as Christians, and I know that not everybody is, I think that we should not show favoritism. I think that we should be, you know, if this is a war, you know, take the war at face value and figure out, you know, what needs to happen for peace. But one political one one race should not be favored over another. No, I don't
0: think one race should be favored over another. But what I'm seeing is it's a dialectic. They're using it to polarize. So you have the pro Zionist people on one side and then Mm -hmm. you have the very, you know, I I won't even use the term anti-Semitic because that's become kind of so politicized. But just the people who really are very anti-Jews, they just are. And you have that now or or they're very, very pro-Palestine. You Mm -hmm. have the
1: split. It's a schism. But it's It's a schism. Yes. Yes. And it's based intention- off of based off of heritage and race, and that should not be. No, and it, it
0: but it's intentionally designed to it polarize is. and for dialectical purposes. So I I recommend this book all the time. It's uh it's called the Milner. I'm actually gonna pull it out since I reference it so often, so people can see it. I did do a podcast on it. It's called the Milner Fabian Conspiracy. Oh, and awesome. So a lot of people are starting to become much more aware of. You know the World Zionist Federation, the Balfour Declaration. You know, certainly uh-huh. since October seven, I think that 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 has come to because a lot of the alternative media is talking about it. And yeah. the reality is, yes, the uh, Fabian Socialists did create. Uh, they were behind a lot of the Zionist movement. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, they were behind the Balfour Declaration, which of course involved the Rothschild. Mm-hmm. um And they used it really. As they created. They used the creation of the State of Israel as a militaristic outpost for their agenda however what the thing that people often don't recognize is that that outpost was designed for dialectical purposes so it's not just to favor the the jews and if anything it actually does not favor them at all because if you think about it it really creates resentment and that's really what so much of these tactics have done in many ways zionism has actually hurt the jews because they become and, and that's quite
1: possible too. You know what I see it as right. is it is a tactic for certain geopolitical moves, whatever yeah. those are, and it, and potentially more of a one world government or new world order. Because it's and I and I think that that has been in in the works and the design from the beginning. Yeah, of that. totally. So
0: the second half of this book goes into the Islamification of the West, which was also mm-hmm. done by design. Um, And it was intended uh, by the Zionists and because uh, and it really became kind of a split. Some of them really favored uh, more of the uh, Islamic type of uh, principles and some of them were very pro-Zionist, but they realized that both were vehicles, especially because the uh, Islamic religion tends to lend itself very well to tyrannical goals. Uh, and to creating an international world order, which is a socialist international world order, which was their goal. But what they really recognized was that it would be so, you know, so uh, useful. For them to create this this dialectic between the two and have these two warring factions, where now they're going to be fighting each other, yeah. and this becomes essentially the Ouroboros, right? The, the snake yeah. is eating its tail. So I encourage people to step outside of the dialectic altogether, yes. right? People are people. There's good people. There's bad people. We judge Definitely. them by their fruit. I mean, if you're judge a Christian, by like, fruit. Fruit. this is it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Love thy neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, it. It doesn't say like you know are they jewish do they live in israel or are they christian are they right. muslim like it says love my right. neighbor um, yeah you know, exactly so i think that e- regardless one of the beautiful things that i love about this country is that you know regardless of the you can it, it's far from perfect and the constitution is a you know a, a flawed document of course because it was created by human beings who guess what they're inherently flawed right so they're going to create something inherently flawed but one of the things that i really do love is that it is predicated on the values you know that are in the bible and i know people are arguing that the term judeo-christian is a geopolitical construct but is it not bound in the same book do christians not read the old testament like there it is a bible so i think those values
1: I think, and i think both bible, are true i think it's a geopolitical concept it's been used for a geopolitical means but then yeah. I, I think also the the faith and the values uh, well, are that, Judeo- that's Judeo- my point is that the
0: values have been woven into the documents because they wanted, you know, there to be some sort of a moral backbone. And I I, I was the only reason I even brought that up is because I think that regardless of what worldview you subscribe to, I, I think the Ten Commandments kind of lay out how people should behave. And they don't say, you know, like we should be pro this race against this race you know that, that they don't say that that's not in there so I think right. all of this is designed not. to have us fight each other and have that's us right. you know eat our
1: own and uh, yeah, yeah. No. So they- can, I mean really it weakens us it just yeah. weakens us and whenever there's all of these divisions you, yeah and fear of of uh um discussion yeah you know, we can it's like you can't even discuss it without people getting offended. You can't yeah. like the, the conversation that you and I have had just now is just so beautiful. You can, you have to be able to discuss things and be able to figure out what is truth without yeah. somebody taking offense that you're going to hell because you don't yeah. believe yeah. whatever it is. Right. Or yeah. you're gonna we don't want you offending anybody or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this is where we have become so weak. We have lost our intellectual really, Uh, standing, because we can't even discuss things.
0: It's so true. We've lost uh, any kind of intellectual curiosity, and I think it's been completely bred out of us. You know, I I talk a lot about the education system and how they exported the three-tier Prussian model of education to the United States. And they did it intentionally to breed compliance and obedience. Do you know Mm -hmm. the story how like they had the battle of Jena, and it was in 1807. They lost the battle. They determined that they lost because the soldiers rebelled and they decided the reason they rebelled was because they were critical thinkers and they had to breed the critical thinking out of them. Mm -hmm. And so they, they said they wanted to breed mindless, obedient soldiers. And when you look at the yeah. writings of the teachers who have uh, really been instrumental in uh, creating the foundation of the education system in the United States, people like John Dewey, you know, they mm-hmm. are very explicit about not about eradicating critical thinking, about creating uh, compliance, breeding compliance and uh you know, creating good little doobies rather than people who are creative, independent thinkers, and so I what's think that the, that's.
1: What's the, oh yeah, what is the story? What is the name of the battles? The, the Battle
0: of Jena. It was during the Napoleonic Wars. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So
0: oh man. Yeah. I. You know. I, I. When I talk about it, I usually start with Wilhelm Wundt. Uh, he was in the late 1800s, but he was uh, known as the father of psychology. Mm -hmm. And he created the uh, PhD program. He was the first. He didn't have any degrees of his own, uh, but he created the PhD program. And he had many students at the Leipzig University. Um, It's called, you know, I think of it as like the Leipzig connection because all of these people were under him. uh, People who I'm sure you're familiar with, like Pavlov and Skinner and uh, Stanley G. Hall, who was a mentor to Dewey. And then, of course, William James, who was the first uh, PhD student. And he uh, was known as the American father of psychology in this country, and uh, of course he, yeah, he was very instrumental as well. And uh, you know, there's all sorts of very, you know, interesting connections there with uh, secret society ties. Like uh, Wilhelm von, uh, I think it was his grandfather had ties to uh, the Illuminati. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think it yeah. name he was Raphael, I think, in the Illuminati.
1: So. You know um, the the truth about all of this is astounding. There there is hardly any conspiracy theory left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is hardly anything left that hasn't really been proven out yeah. to be true at this point, and the and the evidence is so clear now, and we can see all of it coming out. Um, I think it has to do more with a. A, maybe a, a spiritual blinder that is on right. many people's minds. It's like they're in this yeah. vice grip, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, I think that you're um, that we found the clip of my son, if we want to put that up just to oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I just, you know, the, the amazing talent um, that he had in the, and the, and because of this issue that we have in our country, there he is. Oh, he's so, he's so amazing. Um, everybody should go listen to that sermon. It's so well. good. It's from March twenty sixth of twenty twenty three. It's it's uh it's um, Midway Locust Grove Church. But yeah, so if you um if you if you get a chance, you'll be blessed.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll definitely check that out. We'll see if we can put a link to it also in the show notes. I I was just thinking, we were talking before, like even, you know, they keep creating all of these schisms and the vaccinated, unvaccinated was another. And I love what you do with your patients in terms of, you know, helping them to, uh, you know, take ownership for. You know, to acknowledge the mistake and to forgive themselves. Because mm-hmm. I think part of what's perpetuating all of this is that, you know, the people who were, you know, demonized for being quote unquote conspiracy theories, theorists are, you yeah. know, now they feel kind of indignant because they were they were given such a heart, they were tormented so uh, oh, greatly. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. now, right. So now they're kind of feeling very either. Self-righteous or just, you know, very indignant. And then you have these people who've really suffered and they feel like they've they've got all this cognitive dissonance and they have to justify the decision they've made.
1: This makes yes. it sound, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it you really know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it gets to be very complicated, the level yeah. of cognitive dissonance in order to absolutely deny everything that you see around you.
0: Yeah. But I think this this becomes when you get this, uh, it creates a further polarity and now it becomes even harder to come to the truth to even, you know, I mean, one of the things I stressed so much at that time was that, you know, I'm not here to shame anybody or tell them that I have any more answers than they do. I, the only reason I'm asking these questions because I want to find solutions. If we can figure no. out what they put in this stuff, if we can figure out like, what they're, what it's actually doing to people, then maybe we can help them heal. And, yeah. you know, this isn't right. about
1: like I was right, or, you know, this is about how exactly. do we help people? It's, a, it's about helping humanity. Yeah. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah. And that's my goal. That's my heart. That's my talent and skill as a physician is to be able to help heal. And that includes mental and spiritual that, you know, it's because of our body is all one thing with our mind, body and soul. And if you don't have a healthy mind, you don't have a healthy body. And so and if you're not, if you're not, um, if you don't have a healthy spirit, you also don't have a healthy body, all of it is so integrated with with each other. And so if we if we're going to heal, and this is my goal, We have to address all three components. It's just it's crucial. People are people are hurting. And we have to heal and be redeemed from the last three years. We have to we have to we have to find redemption and try and realize what went wrong so we don't do this again. I posted something on my social media. Um, mm-hmm. yesterday, or maybe it was a couple of days ago, somebody m- gave this meme about you put a hundred red ants in a jar and you put a hundred black ants in a jar and they're fine. They're coexisting until you start shaking the jar. And then mm-hmm. the red ants think it's the black ants attacking and the black ants think it's the red ants attacking and they just go at each other. The real enemy is the person shaking the jar. So the yep. real enemy with all of this is who put all of this at play, who, who shook the country, who caused this chaos, that is the enemy. And when you take both sides, and you draw the lines, and you say, I, I believe this, and I believe this, and I hate you, and I hate you, or you're not worthy, because you're not vaccinated, or whatever has happened, it's got to stop, because then we are so weak as a country.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so well said. Yeah, I love that, the ants analogy, because it's so true. Everybody yeah. busy fighting each other. It's like, and I always say that, you know, like people should step out of the sorcerer's circle. But if we are going to play dialectical games, it should really be like, you know, team humanity versus team parasite class.
1: <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. And then, I couldn't have yeah, said right. it better. That <laughs> is it. But you have to identify the parasite class. You have to yeah. identify that we have such evil i mean this is really in my mind it's a spiritual battle in my mind that we have to deal with the evil right you have to you have to recognize it and deal with it and until you do then it it's two different realms that we're dealing in and you have to you have to um you have to uh, realize that there is very evil at play
0: yeah no i i think there that that's very true and there definitely seems to be very very evil at play But I am encouraged to hear that you have been able to help people uh, detox because that's, you know, that's really, really huge because I I think I believe in the human power, the the body power to heal. I think that's what it wants to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can get there, then, you know, they have less power over us because whatever they're putting, whatever they continue to do, it's just another addition. You know, it's another iteration of the same thing. So ultimately, yeah.
1: We have to identify that we have to yeah. we have to come up with a different path forward and trajectory than what we have done. It didn't work.
0: No, it definitely did not work. What do you think uh, coming forward? Because uh, you know, the, especially for the next year, I I don't I know they're already talking. They're already showing all the fear porn out of China. Uh, they're talking about this uh, white lung disease now. I mean whatever whatever, but that they are talking about it and uh yeah, I'm sure they've got other tricks up their sleeve. So what are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah, my thoughts are to so we we take um we take lessons from what has happened. We number one, we have no fear. Number okay. two, we do not trust, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot trust, we cannot trust what they're telling us, we cannot trust their fix, we cannot trust yeah. the whatever the their um remedy is, we cannot mm-hmm. trust that. Um, and, in really, I would say you even go so far as to say, all they want to do is harm us. You cannot mm-hmm. believe that they have our best interest at heart. Right, exactly. And so once you identify that, you ask the Lord, you, you do you re, uh, rely on um, your trusted friends and community and mm-hmm. you, and you, uh, try and find, um, uh, the best information and mm-hmm. try and stay healthy. Really?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I very well said. I agree. I think so. What What are some uh, like really basic things you tell people to start with?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked that because I was just about to say that. I'm like, should I? Okay, <laughs> great. So, yeah, so all of the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of the good, healthy, natural things you got to get outside, you got to be moving, your, your detox pathways have to be working, you have to be able to you know, have bowel movements every day and urinating lots every day and get clean water Mm -hmm. and get sunlight and be grounding and really good, healthy nutrition. You know, if you're getting all of those things, you got Mm -hmm. a great chance that you're going to be just fine because of, you know, everything we learned from over the last three years, those that were at the highest risk were those that were already very unhealthy. You got to get healthy. So we have to fight against this evil and yeah, the way you do it is you get your body healthy, you get your mind healthy, you right. don't submit to evil authorities, and you um, and you become a warrior. Yeah,
0: I love it. I love it. I don't know if we still have it, but I just for the people who are listening and not watching, there was a, uh, we had a slide of a FEMA. Um, yeah, I don't know if we still have that, but I'd love to go through that for those who are listening.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you able
0: to find that? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, tip, FEMA had a tips sheet what? engaging faith communities.
1: Engagement and- guidelines, evangelical mega church leaders. What in the world? Yeah. Okay. That is so interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. So it tells you what you're supposed to do um, through, through the uh, pandemic.
0: Does it go through the well? It's a national voluntary organization's
1: active. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, shaking physical interaction, shaking hands and hugging is common in most evangelical Christian denominations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: active um, in disaster.
0: That's the last part
1: of it. Yep. So, so oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go home and look over this. Yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll- this is the thing is You know, digging and researching and finding out this stuff is really out there. People can't. I know. This is why people think that it's just crazy conspiracy theory because. And I think part
0: of that is by design too, because like things that are so out of left field that it's like it's easy to discredit. It's easy to how are you going to fall for that? But it's
1: real. (laughs) It's right there. (laughs) It's (laughs) and you know. Whenever I have some friends that, man, are they really good rabbit hole diggers, they find the most astounding stuff. I can't even, you know, I'm going to have to pull it up real quick if we have a minute. One of my friends found this um, uh, quote from the 1800s of a guy. um, I'm going to pull it up. And it was basically talking about a vaccine that, would be formed that would steal the soul. Have you heard this quote? I don't know that I have. Okay, I'm going to have to find it. And if not, I'll I, send it to you because Okay, yeah. When I I looked it up and it was legitimate. I Oh, here it is. Here it is. Rudolf Steiner. Oh, yes, yes. But yes, read it though because yes, I have heard this one. Okay, it says it says in the future we will eliminate Oh, it's not pulling up for me. Come oh, on, then. Rudolf Steiner. Oh, here, here it is. In the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine, under the pretext of a healthy point of view. There will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible, directly at birth, so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit. To materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. And that's just part of his quote. It's not too far from the truth. The ridiculousness of injecting a perfect human being on day one of life with a vaccine that we don't need is evil. It is so evil. It is astounding. And so whenever we think about something as, as crazy as what he's saying, it's just not far from the truth.
0: No, and you know what? It it begs the question. I I don't know if you saw this, but there there was this video circulating in twenty twenty. Like, of course, you know that on the I'm blanking the Independent Review. I think it was. I'm blanking, but the uh, there was a magazine years ago that Bill Gates like was on the cover. They were talking about how, uh, you know, he was advocating for uh, vaccines for depopulation to get mm-hmm. down to, like, 11%, like, reduce of 11%. But there yeah. was a video that he did, and I, I don't know if it was a part of – I don't think it was part of the TEDx. I'd have to go back and look for it, so I apologize
1: for that. I, I thought it was out. a TEDx or a TED right. yes, No? Okay. Well, well,
0: not just where he said this, but where he goes through how the vaccines will um, take out the uh, people's uh, proclivity for uh, religious belief.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was – it was a and tactic people- to pre- try and prevent terror, religious terrorism. And exactly. I think it was, yeah, that was to, what it was under the like, guise a of. Department, Department of Defense Group or something like that. Right. And, and people said that that like was, it was so great. Like, here, we're going to prevent terrorism by giving this injection. And the fact that it was used and it was talking about it scientifically, it's terrifying. It is
0: terrifying. But it, people kept saying that it was fake, that that was like like yeah. all the fact record. No, I know. I mean, I, I've seen so yeah. many. I've seen the video firsthand, yeah. so I know it was definitely him, but yeah, they were claiming, yeah, now they're saying by 2050, they've got to get to zero, net zero. By net zero, that means, you know, we're the carbon they want to reduce because carbon's a life molecule, as you well know. <laughs> so I've heard that Yeah. Carbon is the life molecule. I mean, anybody who took like third grade science knows this. So, um, yeah. So they want to get rid of carbon. Then, uh, what happens to life? Life disappears. It ceases to be. Oh. So, yeah, that's yeah. a bit problematic. But that—that's probably another conversation. But yeah, there, there he is. So, oh, yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because so much of it,
1: it's just doesn't seem real, but it is. So it is real. And, and I think this is one of the biggest problems is people do not have the mental capacity to accept that it's real. It's not comfortable to them. They don't want to think about it. They want to be able to stay in their cocoon, but the problem is the cocoon is not safe anymore no matter if they know or don't know and and you know whenever they whenever they have to force themselves to really recognize this um it's going to be freedom for them but it's also going to be uncomfortable and they have to go through that uncomfortableness you and I have gone through it I mean this is what I went through in 2020 when I started realizing oh my gosh it's me against the government it's I am the one that has to protect my patients because the government is not going to do it. It is my responsibility. And that was a terrifying week or two that I went through this process. And then I went through another terrifying week or two where I was just wrecked and devastated when I started realizing in the spring of 2021, how bad these injections were. And I could see the future for humanity. Boy, was I wrecked. I was just like, I was almost like, dysfunctional and couldn't work because I had so much knowledge in my brain about what was going to happen and knowing what was going to happen to those that had had taken it and the illness and death and destruction was almost more than I could handle for a bit. So whenever, whenever people have to wake up to the reality of what's happening, it is uncomfortable, but for humanity and for our, each other, we have to do it because we have to help protect each other.
0: Of course. Absolutely. So what would you say to people, I guess on both sides, like people who, uh, you know, may be dealing with loved ones who either ha- are having uh, injuries and having cognitive dissonance around it, or who are wanting to take more boosters. And uh, also to people who may be injured. I, what I keep hearing, and I, is that a lot of people who are, you know, because of their cognitive dissonance, they're denying that it has anything to do with the, it or they go the other way and they're just, you know, I guess paralyzed. Some, I know some of them are really injured. I, I, I've i talked to some who are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, like just disabled for hopefully not forever, but, you know, really de- decapacitated. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, I don't know what,
1: you know, yeah. I, it's hard to know anymore. What else, what else more could be said? Mm-hmm. I I I had this thought last year, you know, thinking at that point when people weren't waking up, does it just have to hit them, hit home to them for them to really see it at this point? Um, Because it's not, they're not taking into account the, the events around them, the incredible amount of death and illness and tragedies that are happening that are just not normal, you know? they're, they're not willing. So does it have to just hit home? Even those that it may be very close to home and they're still not seeing it. (laughs) I'm not sure. I just don't even know.
0: Do you think it's going to get much worse? So I know like some people were predicting there's going to be kind of like increments that we'll see residual effects that that's my first question. You know, people were predicting there'd be like two year then five year. And we might see mass wave of death later. I I hope that's not true. But- I,
1: I keep thinking, based off of all the pieces of information that are coming yeah. at me and that I'm hearing from experts, within the next two years, is I think it's going to be an incredible amount of devastation, really.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really terrifying. I I was really scared about that. And the other question is, what, what are your thoughts on uh, the unvaccinated, the people who didn't take it and like the shedding, some of this aerosolized stuff they're doing The you know, I know they're talking about putting it into the food and, you know, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, good questions. And so there's a lot that's not defined yet. And I feel like I can't, you know, say definitively, I know, I, I know there's shedding, um, Dr. Corey, Pierre Corey did, a, a, I think, a nine part substack stack um, sort of okay. detailed uh, write up about shedding, which I would uh, encourage everybody to go look at um, okay. goes through the evidence that's out there right now regarding shedding. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, as, as far as um, what we do to protect ourselves from from a, a complete assault of humanity. We just have to do our best to make really good choices that are very intentional, much more intentional than we've made before. You know, we've just kind of let things slide. It'll be okay. Trusting. You got to get clean water. You got to be healthy. You got to, you got to filter out the toxic foods. You got to eat whole foods. You got to try and eat local as much as possible foods that you can trust as much as possible, because that is, that is essentially our medicine. That is what's going to keep us healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wrote an article. It was I, I think I published it in June of twenty one, um, and it was a speculative piece on the shedding. Yeah, that one. The the harm for those who choose not to be vaccinated. Yeah, and uh, I I did present it as a speculative piece, but it was uh, unfortunately it seems like all of it has been corroborated at this point. I and I said it actually in the article that I hope I'm proven
1: completely wrong and I'm a crazy wacko, <laughs> but
0: This is, you know, know.
1: it was. We were first taught. It's hard to believe we've been talking about it for that long. I remember it was many sources in there.
0: Sorry. Yeah. So it's not like there wasn't. Oh, I was just uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was just saying that I had 39 sources in there. So even though it was speculative, it's not like there was information even then because I had 39 sources.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, I remember it was, I think it was in the spring of 2021 or. Yeah. That summer, my cycle story came out, which yep. Tiffany Ferrado is a good friend. She's who started that, and I um she's an amazing person. And her foresight on on that topic, that issue yeah. was really ahead of the time. Really, she was she was very um innovative in being able to gather the data and being able to sort of quantify what was happening with females, very, very impressive. Okay. Oh, I just thought there's a, yeah, I'll address this in a second,
0: but uh, just to respond to you. Yeah, I, I personally experienced uh, effects. Like I was getting, I was having my cycle like every 13 days and I Mm -hmm. actually have a longer cycle, not to give Mm -hmm. too much information for those who feel it's TMI, but uh, you know, but so I'm not like a. 28, I tend to be more around like 32, which is still technically quote unquote normal for all of those out there who think, you know, the, the mainstream industry tells you, you have to be one thing or you're like yeah. outside the normal range and that's not right. true. Um, but, but given that I do typically, I'm a little bit longer to be every 13 days was crazy and it was excruciating and it was right around this time when people were lining themselves up to get and I was traveling a lot so I was in like cooped up you know spaces and I was like I don't know I know people think it's a crazy idea but I'm experiencing it something's up and what and if you're a scientist it's like you have to look at the what are the variables right (laughs) like
1: yeah
0: um (laughs) that was the only variable for me So, I was going to say that there's apparently breaking news that Texas is suing Pfizer.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, really, I hope that we just get like Florida to finally say, okay, we're, or Texas, you know, say these things are so toxic and so damaging and so bad, we're not allowing them in our state anymore.
0: Yeah, he's a. It's a Ken Paxton is suing Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID 19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. Well, you yeah, know, really,
1: what that should say is because people seem to not have a good understanding, that should say efficacy and safety um, because it's it, the safety issue is probably the biggest issue. Yeah. I, you know, you can take something and not be effective, but if it's going to kill you, that's right. a bigger problem. Which I think that's a silver lining. And I,
0: I'd love to hear you speak to this because you you deal with patients directly. But I think a silver lining. People are actually starting to realize there is no pharmaceutical that does not have a side effect, right? I think we've mm-hmm. we've had this notion for so long that you just pop any pill and that it's going to do nothing, you know, like it can only help. And I'm not saying that they're all terrible, or there's never a time and a place to take, you know, allopathic medicine. But they do have side effects, and oh, yeah. I do, think, right? Yeah. So, and that's not something that's commonly shared or thought of. And I think people are being coming more conscious of that now.
1: Yeah, and not only side effects, really propagation of disease and creation of disease. This is okay. What well, yeah, I would
0: agree with that, but I, I wasn't going to yeah. spell it out that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But and that's what's happening. Like these, these pharmaceuticals, such as statins, man, those things are poison. They create diabetes. Yeah. They create worsening cardiovascular disease. They can create, yep. they create increasing calcification of arteries because of their yeah. uh, effect on K2, you know, um, uh, the proton pump inhibitors, they create mm-hmm. terrible, um, nutritional deficiencies because of the reduction of acid and acid is required to absorb nutrients. So each of these pharmaceuticals has such an interplay on health in general. I would just, you know, I do my best to get every single patient off of almost all of their pharmaceuticals. I have trouble with thyroid being able to get them off of thyroid medicine. That's one of the ones that I just haven't yet figured out. If anybody has amazing information on how I can help my patients with that, please reach out to me. My Twitter is at H and mm-hmm. you can reach out to me on Facebook too. I'm just Heather Gessling on Facebook. Um, and then we listed out the other websites earlier. Okay.
0: Yeah. Great. Yes. There's the Twitter, uh, at H. Yeah. Guestling. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think I'm, I would encourage everybody if they can to get off, but the statins are horrible. They've been pushing that for so long. Um, and it's like the go-to. Yeah. They just. It's like you hit a certain age and they're just like, you need statins. Like, yeah.
1: Why? <laughs> I so the the use of statins for primary prevention, which is the majority of what why people the majority of reasons why people are put on statins is right. primary prevention, meaning they have not yet had a heart attack, right. or stroke, cardiovascular event. Just put on it to prevent. The data for that is so bad and so poor, and at the same time, all of the other diseases that it causes in the process of right. maybe extending your life three days it's ridiculous.
0: Well, and not only that, but I feel like uh, they've lied just so much about the reality of cholesterol. Cholesterol is not, and and there's actually, I read studies where increased cholesterol actually uh, in later, uh, as you get older, can actually expand your life. That's right. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) When I tell this to patients, they're like, what? Can't, can't process that. That's the truth. I mean, I tell my patients, LDL is really one of your life molecules. It helps you produce steroids and hormones. It helps protect your nerves. It helps your brain. When patients are on statins without fail, they have memory impairment, some sort of memory impairment, Mm -hmm. and they get taken off and that memory impairment goes away. There has been multiple studies that have checked that and, you know, compared being on a statin versus not. And it is evident that it impairs memory. And it is also evident that it it, it impacts um, uh, strength, muscle strength, weakness, pain, and it impacts um, insulin resistance and the development of diabetes. I mean, these things are just pure poison. And also, this is the crazy thing. It actually contributes to the onset of congestive heart failure. I just posted that on my Facebook this morning. It actually contributes to the onset of congestive heart failure. It makes your heart muscle weak. It depletes it of CoQ10, which is important for its function, and fills the muscles with junk, and your heart doesn't function the same. So not only does it increase cardiovascular disease, they increase the chance of congestive heart failure. It's crazy. And just decades, people have been on these things. Decades. It's crazy. It's this. The show's gone on long enough. It's criminal, actually. yeah. yeah, it is.
0: And I, I, I'm sure that's not the only uh, drug that we could list off that sort of travesty. Yeah. Yeah. But there... like bone,
1: bone density medicines. Holy cow. Those things, you know, you do not want your bones to be hard where they break easier. You want, no. to, you, you know, this is what they do, they make them more, uh, likely to be broken even though they may increase density they're not elastic anymore like they would have been and increase the uh incidence of um the likelihood to, for the the bone to be um fractured and so there are other ways there is no need for somebody to be on a bone density medicine there are so many other ways that we can increase bone density through all of the nutrients getting off of ppis that's a big problem um you got to have magnesium and when you do a ppi a proton primitive or like a meprazole or nexium whatever i don't know if i was allowed to say that but yeah, yeah. Um, um, you reduce magnesium absorption and affects bone density. You gotta have all those nutrients, you gotta have a little bit of calcium. I don't do calcium supplements, but I do encourage calcium through food. And then I encourage magnesium and of course vitamin D. And of course, like I don't know if I've mentioned K2 on here yet, but vitamin K2 is crucial because vitamin K2 takes any calcium that you absorb, especially if you're taking D3 and puts it into the bone, it tells that calcium where to go. Otherwise, you if you don't take D3 with K2, you're going to get calcium de- deposition in plaque and artery. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, and what about with the D3? So I've heard like kind of mixed things about synthetic D3 versus, uh, you know, getting, yeah.
1: I know. Yeah. So hard, there's, a, there's a heck of a lot of issues in relying on just sunlight and being outside. I think it has to do with, you know, some of our genetics it could also be years and years of receiving poisons through vaccines and stuff. But humans, Americans have a hard time converting D3 just from sunlight. It can happen and you can you can get enough. It just takes a lot. And I don't have a problem with using synthetic D3. I just think you've got to take it with K2 and you got to take it with magnesium. And I encourage a hefty dose of K2, like or at least around... 180 to 200 micrograms. A lot of combos that you do with D3 and K2 have like these wimpy doses of K2. don't advise that. You need a bigger dose. In fact, I was talking to um, physician friend Dr. Erso uh, about a month ago, and he was talking about these studies D3. in Japan, and they're using big doses of K2, like five milligrams. And really dramatically reducing cardiovascular disease with these great big doses. So, you know, there's something there with really using K2 to reverse cardiovascular disease. And the fact that a statin blocks the conversion or the activity of K2 is should be sounding the alarm to people. And if you know what K2 does, it should be like, oh, well, heck no, I don't want to be on that. You yeah. know, so off of Yeah as a promoter of bone and cardiovascular health. Exactly. Yeah. So people just need to do their research with regard to these pharmaceuticals and realize what they're putting in their body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I have two questions on that. One is uh, I've heard that that you had mentioned in the beginning about the seed oils, at, you know, certain seed oils, of course, and canola would be included in that, the rapeseed oil. Um, mm-hmm. But I've heard that the consumption of that is what impacts the uh, poor uh, absorption of D from the sun and that it also makes the sun more toxic. That's part of why the increased like the, okay. Yeah. Sunburn
1: and and melanoma and all of that stuff. That's exactly right. So you got it. That's one of the biggest problems too is our diet and the toxicity in our diet. And so those seed oils, they go into our cell membranes and they last for months and months. You know, once you've eaten a seed oil, it will stay in your system for for months because it incorporates Um, into the cells and so the the membranes. And so you want to be able to not have any exposure to seed oils. It will reduce your chance of getting skin cancer, sunburn, all of that, and increase your ability to um, get the conversion for D3. The problem is that seed oils are in just about everything. I mean, You've got to eat whole foods. you got to look at the back. I mean, I wanted to make chili the other day. I went to the store and I just wanted to get chili beans. And I looked at the back and it was full of soybean oil. It was like the you know. second ingredient or something stupid. And I'm like, what in the world? You can't get anything without those oils. I know
0: they're, they're even mixing it in like olive oil. They'll put Canola yes. oil into olive oil. Okay,
1: oil and this is what I posted today too. They'll they'll adulterate the olive oil with canola oil. You have to turn them around and look and make sure it's just olive oil because who would have thought that they're gonna put it in olive oil, but they do. But they do, <laughs> and then put
0: margarine into butter. It's it's terrible. The canola um, oil into butter. Yes, yep. yeah. yeah. I have reactions, so I'm sure it's not a, like a real allergy per se. It's probably just like a a toxic burden type of, you know, but I have an inflammatory response. I do break out in hives, like around my eyes. um, Mm -hmm. And my stomach goes into crazy knots whenever I have uh, the seed oil. So I, it's really difficult though. Like So I avoid it because it's really unpleasant for me. And it's like one of those things that is just, it's almost impossible (laughs) to avoid. You know, if you go
1: out to eat, you're like- what you I do? Think I'm really
0: difficult. So yeah, it's
1: really difficult. And it is it is really um, hard to get completely away from it. But what I have noticed is the more I am not exposed to it. Yeah, the more I know and react when I am. It's, yeah, it's, it's true. like, you, you can identify it so fast, you feel bad You feel it, you know, you can tell that you, you were um, getting some really icky stuff in your food. But I would say that just get used to eating clean. It makes such a difference. We want healthy bodies and healthy minds to fight against the evil. And this is the, this is the best thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so the last thing I was going to ask is with the K2,
0: are there food sources that, you know, rather than. Uh, Grass-fed, or- beef Grass-fed beef
1: better. Grass-fed okay. be um, better. I had a, I had a, um, somebody post on my, um, Uh, Facebook today talking about, um, replying to my post about uh, using uh, sauerkraut fermented foods. And she said that there's K2 in that. I don't know all of the food sources for K2, um, but that's a couple of them.
0: Okay. No, those are great. And yeah, people can certainly do research on that. I was just curious because wherever Mm -hmm. people can, you know, get it through nutrition rather than supplementing, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, you know, if we need to supplement, great, but if people can get it elsewhere then yeah that's great too so yeah, yeah exactly. well this has been such a treat so yeah if you have anything else you want to add please do and uh, of course uh, just to uh, tell everybody where they can find you again
1: yeah so i'm at h Gessling on twitter heather Gessling on facebook um me and dr jen bandewater who i was with yeah. at the wellness company and um our friend christian elliott whose website you've shown um, we'll be launching a, a, a new project at the beginning of the year. So watch for that. Just sign up on the newsletter on truewholehuman.com. And uh, and uh, let's see. Um, I guess my wellness, uh, my well, clinic um, website is Gessling Family Wellness if you're in the state of Missouri. I do do out-of-state consults to help with vaccine injury. I can't prescribe or that type of thing. But I do do out-of-state consults if somebody needs me for that. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. Um, do you find that, uh, is there a lot you can do with people remotely? Oh, yeah. 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 So a lot of it has to do with being able to heal their body and utilizing yeah. um, all of the techniques with nutrition, opening up the detoxification pathways, supplements. Um, oh, yeah. I've helped many. Okay.
0: Well, that's, that's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so
1: much. Yeah. Thank you. Such a- <laughs> intellectual conversation it's fun
0: <laughs> thank you I agree it's super fun yeah so yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll do it again and uh, I'll let you know when this is out probably I think we're probably gonna be airing tomorrow but yeah so okay I'll keep listening.
1: all right have a good all night right. see you I later you. bye